All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk About Horror Movies. This is the horror podcast where we talk about miscellaneous little horror movies here and there, whatever we feel available to. Uh, my name is Dan, and this is my good friend, Andrew. Say hi, Andrew. Hey there. And Andrew, uh, is it true that you have a dog right next to you? I do. He's currently attacking um, my towel. Oh, jeez. You'll probably hear him, might be hearing him a little bit, actually. Now, you did put pants on for this podcast, right? I, I am wearing pants. Okay, good. It's going pretty good. Because I am it's not, so that works out. God damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, once again, this is a podcast. Uh, the two of us, we were both teachers over in Korea, and we both became fast friends, among other things, over an affinity for horror movies. So, this podcast, we get together uh, every so often, decide on a movie to watch, take notes on, and to discuss as well. Today's movie is a particular favorite of Andrew's, which is very interesting because it was very dismissive upon release. Now, obviously, I am talking about the cult classic Zombievers. Is that correct, Andrew? Oh, of course. Uh It's a great film. Yes. So I actually did see that Zombievers yesterday, and I do want to say it was a movie. It was a movie. It was a great movie. It's stuff happened in it. I was very shocked at some of the places it went. And I think maybe we could do that for a bonus episode for all our Patreon supporters. Um, You know, just give them a little something to go on on that one right there. All right, cool. Now, the actual movie we're going to be talking about today is the Ridley Scott film Alien Covenant, which is the most recent film in the Alien series. Uh, Now, Andrew, you are a massive fan of the Alien series, correct? Yeah, yeah. I've been a a big fan of it since, like, third grade or so. Okay, cool, cool. And, um... So once again, the series goes Alien, which was the very, very first one. That was the slasher, except the slasher villain was an alien, and it was set on a space cargo ship. Then mm-hmm. there was Aliens, which was the James Cameron-directed action movie, um, once again starring Sigourney Weaver, who is an absolute badass. Then there was Alien 3, which was a little bit dismissive as well. And Andrew, just real quick cliff notes in two sentences are left. What were your opinions on Alien 3? I liked it. I thought it was a, a kind of a good correction to go in after, I think, the kind of almost overstimulating second film. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. And then there was Alien Resurrection, which was the Joss Sweeten one, right? Yep. Okay. And I realize a lot of people really hated that one. What was your opinion on that one? Once again, two sentences or less. Uh, again, I kind of thought I explored the mythos a little bit, but uh, but it was kind of like a terrible sci-fi movie. Cool. And then after that, I've completely lost it. So there are two Alien vs. Predator movies? Yep. Right. Okay. And then you actually saw the second one fairly recently again, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that was one of those things where you kept going back and saying to yourself, okay, well, maybe this time when I come on back, it'll be better. And was it better the third time around? No. No? Never, never Still pretty terrible? Okay. Yeah, like, the, the Predator's good. I think it's I think it's one of the best outings of a Predator in the, in the franchise. But okay, cool. Otherwise, not very good. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, after that, um, Ridley Scott decided to go in a little bit of a different direction with a prequel series um, called Prometheus. And that was back in, I believe, 2014. Let me double-check that real quick. 2012. Maybe 2012. Yes, that's yeah. right. Uh-huh. Yeah, 2012, which kind of explored the origins, a lot of the little mysteries that the alien mythos hadn't really tackled yet like the space jockey at the very beginning of the first film um engineers they introduced that and they tried to get a little bit of mystery solved in terms of where the aliens came from who created them and not only that a little bit of philosophy as well where who created humans and trying to figure out where they're going um but the film we're going to talk about today is the 2017 film Once again, produced by Ridley Scott's uh, Alien Covenants, which is kind of a sequel to Prometheus and also kind of ties into the earlier series as well. So it's a weird in-between, in my opinion, from Prometheus to the actual Alien series, trying to bridge the gap between those two. So we're going to talk about that. So let's start off. Andrew, what are your opinions on Alien Covenant? Um, Overall, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a a good addition. I kind of liked how it uh, kind of, I think, connected what Prometheus left off with mm-hmm. and kind of brought you closer to the alien that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, theoretically, there is supposed to be a third movie as well that connects 
covenant more directly to yeah. the first alien. And definitely like there's so years much away or something. set up in Covenant that they're going to move on in. Now, once again, Andrew, you've seen this film several times. I actually saw it for the first time a few weeks ago. Um, never caught it in theaters, and I watched it specifically for this podcast. So just give a little background information there. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. keep going. Oh, uh, yeah, I thought it, I don't know, I thought it was good. I thought I think there's a lot of hate for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the reason that I'm a staunch, a staunch defender of it is because there's so much hate. Mm-hmm. I think that there's so much unwarranted hate for the film that I kind of can't help but defend it, like knee-jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. And I feel when this movie was released, there was a lot of negative reception towards it because Prometheus as well was so wildly dismissive. A lot of people were harping on the same... Uh, points of Prometheus as well you know oh why did the map maker not get lost in the or why did the map maker get lost in the uh, decommissions engineership why didn't whoa, whoa, she just whoa. run away I know and I, I'm just, questions. I'm just repeating questions. what I have heard I'm not saying I agree with it even though I do agree yeah. with the first one the running what, away what? from the ship falling down yeah that's she was distressed whoa. that is what it is but, but the, but the, the map maker didn't know what the first what the ship looked like Okay, but didn't he have that little drone that kind of charted it all out for him? He did, but if but that the information was sent to the ship, and there's that silicone um, storm going on, so they couldn't communicate with the ship. I am punching way above my weight here. All right, Andrew. Um, well, well. <laughs> so anyway, this is kind of the dynamic right now going into this conversation, because you already have a really, really staunch opinion of Alien Covenant. I'm still kind of figuring out my opinions on it, so hopefully this discussion mm. will help me understand a little bit better what I'm feeling about it and how I can move in from that. Because my impressions of the movie, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, There were some really, really great scenes in there. I did feel the last third kind of pulled apart. um, Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that and kind of my my issues with that a little bit later. Uh, There were some really, really great scenes, especially that backburster scene. And I, I, I want to talk about that too. That, that was incredible. That was great. Except, you know, people kept slipping on blood all the time. (laughs) Here I go. Slipping on blood again. Whoops. Here I go. Yeah. I, I think my biggest issue with it is it felt like it was trying to be a sequel to Prometheus and also a prequel to Alien. And mm-hmm. I feel both of those movies have wildly different tones and wildly different themes. Like, the original Alien, Space Jockey. We'll just harp on that for a little while. The Space Jockey, so the... And I'm having a brain fart right here. They were traitors, right, in the very first movie? Yeah, yeah they were basically, basically a freight uh, ship. Yeah. So they land on this planet finds this alien spaceship and find this massive dead corpse of the space jockey who's this massive alien creature. No idea why it's there. No idea what happened to it. And that added so much to the mystery of the film. And it's one of those Mm -hmm. things, you know, like in horror movies where whatever you come up with in your head is always going to be more satisfying than what's actually on screen. And they do reveal what it is. In Prometheus, it's just, you know, literally a guy driving a spaceship it's the alien and how they operate the spaceship and i feel that they pulled back a little bit too much behind the curtain and we saw the man behind the curtain we we saw the grand oz master back there and again what i hyped up in my imagination when the movie came back in the 70s kind of ruined the experience for me overall i thought prometheus was an okay movie Mm. But, again, I really do feel like it could have been a little bit standalone because Prometheus really didn't have much to do with Alien at all, in my opinion, in terms of tonally, in terms of moving back and forth on that one. So, mm. what do you think about that? Like, I, don't know, I agree. Um, I Back in, like, I think the 80s and the 70s, they did release a comic which kind of explored another origin, I guess, of the Engineers as these kind of, like, giant elephant-based things. Okay. And, um... It, it was it was interesting. Um, okay, now you know, some retcons since then. Uh, okay, can you weird. talk a little bit more about that because that, that's something I have not heard of at all. So it was released in the seventies and eighties, or I, I can't remember what when, okay. when the comic was released, but there was one um, that I used to have in a big collection where like you kind of see a species that would that theoretically are the um, space jockeys, uh-huh. and they don't really elaborate on them too much. There's these big kind of 
elephant nose creatures that I think attack like a ship of people and then end up getting infested. Okay. Um, and that kind of what starts it off. Gotcha. Um, but I, I agree with you in the sense that I think that they do kind of, you know, they can explain behind the curtain a little bit, mm-hmm. but I thought that it also added enough mystery to it that I kind of really enjoyed the, the trade Prometheus gave us because I felt like the black goo was kind of, it, it made kind of, gave us an explanation as to why the alien keeps adapting mm-hmm. and why it keeps changing inside the toast. Yeah. If it has this kind of like stem cellish origins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that kind of opened up the idea of, okay, so then what are the engineers and what are the, you know, what are the black goo come from? Is mm-hmm. it a weapon they devised? Is it, like, is the alien that they have, like, this picture of? Is that the alien that existed before them? Are they trying to copy that idea? Yeah. Like, I thought it, it brought a lot, enough questions for me that I think revealing who the engineers were almost kind of made them not matter as much to me, which I liked. Yeah. And again, I, uh, I just feel like that supports what I said earlier about how there's a big dichotomy between the Prometheus series and the Alien series, and the connection between the two is kind of a little bit flimsy on that one like i agree with mm-hmm. you i loved the whole mystery angle in terms of they going down to the planet understanding that humans were created by these engineers and then these engineers want to kill all humans and that ending scene where elizabeth shaw is the lone survivor along with david the android um and she's going to search for answers. I thought that was a really, really solid setup for a sequel. And I was really, really excited to see where that was going. Because that's just such a great tone to end on. Mm-hmm. And then we get Alien Covenant. So, well, go and, ahead. Uh, and not, not to go too much into the production of mm-hmm. Alien Covenant. But, like, um, originally Alien Covenant was going to be called, I think, uh, Prometheus Paradise Lost. Uh-huh. And the idea was that they were going to visit the engineer's homeworld, um, and you actually kind of get some of those answers. Oh, okay. Um, but there was such a big backlash to Prometheus yeah. that people didn't like that it wasn't alien enough. Because at that point, um, you know, uh, Ridley Scott kind of wanted to step away from it. He kind of was like, all right, I think he even said, like, the, you know, the goose is cooked, quote unquote. Like, he, he thought that, like, you know, the alien was kind of done in a sense. Like, we, we'd yeah. seen it, we know what it is. So he didn't really want to venture too much close to it. Like, he wanted to have kind of more deacony like things where there's these. Well, the deacons what they call the alien at the end mm-hmm. Prometheus like there's these kind of semi-aliens but not quite aliens and he's kind of going to go in that route but then I think fans and um, Fox got kind of so angry at the reaction to Prometheus that they kind of said they want alien to be in this one mm-hmm. they so I think a lot of that more recognizable you know aliens just stick on the poster and people would be like oh yeah I remember those from the 70s yeah and exactly uh-huh. and I think that's that's where a lot of the disjointedness of the film comes from I think it comes from kind of his original vision yeah and then kind of the studio mandates and kind of the fan response that mm-hmm. won Alien back. Yeah. Like, um, kind of almost like what happened with um, the Justice League in a way, in the sense that, like, I think it almost kind of shifted directors halfway through. Mm-hmm. And that happens uh, a lot in Hollywood. And, you know, sometimes the blame is on directors, sometimes the blame is on producers or focus groups or test groups or what have you. But, <laughs> I, yeah, I can definitely, definitely see that because the backlash towards Prometheus was very varied. And it was... I don't remember. Was it marketed like as a huge alien prequel, the original Prometheus, or was it marketed as more? This is its own standalone things with very loose connections towards the rest of the Alien series. From what I recall, the trailers and stuff never hinted at Alien. Really, like you know, Wayland Yutani was a part of it. Yeah, like you know, you meet Wayland, uh-huh. but it never. I never got the impression that it felt like it was supposed to heavily have any alien themes to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like any any direct like you know, there's connections to it and they're obvious, but. It wasn't supposed to be like, this is Alien 5. I wonder if there was some sort of state um, in one of the uh, drafts for it that it was more of a third pillar for another Ridley Scott film. You know, Blade Runner and then Alien as well. Those two had some Easter egg connections as well. Well, yeah, but there's, lo- there's a lot of theories about that, uh-huh. that, it's, that it's a precursor to um, Ridley Scott's uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, but I mean... In terms of those two movies' connections, it, it's never been anything more than little Easter eggs or little hints at that the fan theory, the fans can jump on and talk about on message boards mm-hmm. for lengths on end. So I always wonder if you know Prometheus had that exact same concept where he just wanted to start a whole new series, he wanted to start something new, and then he decided, you know what, I'm just going to toss in a couple other things as well. But yeah, mm, okay, good question. So um, Alien Covenant comes out and. If we're still going along with this topic between, you know, okay, the dichotomy between Prometheus and Alien Covenant as well, it starts off very much an alien film. Yes. It starts off, they're on the ship, something goes wrong, they have to be diverted to this other planet. Um, As they get on this planet, they come across monsters that start attacking them and aliens as well. And there are some 
amazing scenes of there. I mean, the one scene where there's the backburster, one of the characters gets, um, he inhales some spores and it causes an alien to grow in his chest. And then eventually it escapes through his back and this whole big bloody mess. And God, it's so, oh, it was such a good scene. I loved it. Mm -hmm. And then the terrifying prospect of this teenage alien kind of running around and waist high grass and you can't really see it. And it's so, I really did like the first third of the film. I thought it was a solid alien movie setup. And then David comes into the picture, who has survived the first movie. He is now in his own big android body again, and he's been living on this planet for forever. And he... That's when the movie takes a massive, massive shift Mm -hmm. for me. And it goes into some various philosophical concepts that I feel we should discuss and talk about a little bit more. But after that second, third... I was just like, all right, what type of movie is this trying to be? Is it an alien movie? Is it a Prometheus movie? Is it going back and forth? And then they kind of merge both of them in the finale. And I don't feel they did the best job of that. And again, it could be, you know, focus groups. It could be they wanted, some producers were saying more aliens. Some producers were saying more uh, Prometheus. But yeah, it it just totally, I felt it was all over the place. So, Mm -hmm. Hmm. So what do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you there. I think I feel like a lot of that, yeah, about that alien kind of alien one feel was in there mm-hmm. with the beginning, and I thought that yeah, once David arrives, it definitely takes a shift mm-hmm. and almost become. But I almost would say it goes from like an alien movie to like a gothic movie when you're in kind of like the the big engineer house mm-hmm. and they just kind of get picked off one by one. Yes, um, and I think part of I think the issue where that kind of comes up is you have these disposable characters like you have. Um, Lope and his husband and all those characters you mm-hmm. kind of just get like murdered outright and there's that woman who gets her head bitten off like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of these characters who you don't really care very much about yeah um, and they're the ones who get attacked mm-hmm. so you're kind of so it kind of leads to that mm-hmm. lack of investment yeah and I also felt too at that point once David was introduced all of the other side plots just kind of plopped and stopped right there like there was the whole thing about billy crudup's character chris oh, i love billy crudup's character yeah i mean it was the whole big thing about oh the crew doesn't ex- uh, respect me the crew doesn't like me because i was forced into this role i was not the original captain but i don't feel like that subplot went anywhere like he come on in and then david took him down to the basements and in the most I, I felt the scene was ridiculous, where he goes on down, and he's just like, no worry, you're not in danger at all. Just look at that alien egg. And then, bam, it just pops on up right there. And that was after he saw one of his other crewmates dead, right? Well, yeah, well, he saw uh-huh. um, he saw the one get her head bitten off. Yeah. Or he saw the one whose head was bitten off. Yeah. But, I don't know, to me, like, I feel like that that's that's one of those gripes that, that I hear a lot of people are like, oh, you know, why would Billy Crudup so stupid? Mm-hmm. But I feel like, in the context of who Billy Crudup is... Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a man with faith in his wife and whatnot. He thinks what he's doing is trying to do the best. But he's also a person who grew up with these robots around him. Yeah. That, that you know, he, you know, he knows, like, he's basically with a clone of Walter at that point. Mm-hmm. He's with Walter. And Walter's somebody who he knows, who he has trusts, who he knows he has authority over. He knows can't lie to him. He knows can't let him get hurt. And then he does look exactly like David. So I'm sure there's some sort of subconscious feeling on that one, too, in terms of between David and Walter. So. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. yeah like, like he, he feels like he's in control. He has the gun. He knows. That David te- that David is technically supposed to be subservient subservient to him, so mm-hmm. he, he doesn't think he's in danger. Like, you know, like David says, it's perfectly safe. Yes, yeah. the first that's the last thing he says before it happens, which is okay. Like, I think you know, in this world, we don't really have they never state the laws of robotics are part of it, but mm-hmm. we can kind of imply you know, you know infer that they are because they they say that you know they have to follow their orders, they can't kill us, they can't do us harm. Uh-huh. Like, so he's assuming that he's perfectly safe. Yeah, where as we as the viewers know throughout the entire history of the Alien series, androids usually aren't the... They're very, very capable of murder. Let's let's just leave it at that. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, okay. So I agree with you in terms of the... There was way too many characters. The characters just mm-hmm. move on in. Like, I remember the very last two people to be killed off at the end of the movie in the showers. I, I oh, honestly, yeah. I didn't remember them at all. I was just like, wait, wait, who are these two characters? What's going on here? All right. All right. Whatever. Okay, yeah. cool. I saw boobs in an alien movie. I was not expecting that at all, but there we go. So, ugh. 
Actually, no, I forgot. Sigourney Weaver's tank top in the very first movie. Never mind. Never mind. I retract my entire arguments. There we go. Good. Uh Good. Um, Yeah. Alien 4. That is Alien 4 right there. Okay. So, (laughs) how are... So, my first question to you is... Well, I guess fifth question at this point. How are you feeling about the evolution of the series? This Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and then whatever the sequel is hopefully going to be... How are you feeling it's evolving right now? Where do you see it going from here? And would you rather the next installment be more alien or focus more on the Prometheus aspects? Um, well, I guess it kind of depends on what you consider the Prometheus aspects. Like, So first off, like I really like where it's going. I think it's, I think that to continue to make alien films, just more alien films, would mm-hmm. have kind of the same issue as Alien vs. Predator, yeah. where we already know the characters, so there's no intrigue in it. And mm-hmm. if you try to hide them... You know, we're not going to be scared. We know who they are. You know, it's kind of like Freddy at this point. Like, we know what the character is. Yeah. Like, it would be hard to make something new with Alien. But I think Prometheus and Covenant did. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like... Like, say what you will about Prometheus and Covenant. I don't think they're very predictable. No, definitely not. I agree with you there. Except for the very last third of Covenants. When they get back on the ship, and then it's just, surprise, the alien's actually alive, and they have to hunt it down. And that was very much... I felt that whole sequence was a very much a homage to the first movie where Ripley yeah. escapes, but the alien's still on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they did, they did do a couple of fun things with it. Like, I thought, like, you know, they did, they did the standard blow it out of the airlock, but then have it not actually be out of the airlock yet. Like, yeah. It was kind of like a nice little addition. I, I thought it was nice, too, that it wasn't just one person again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it was actually, it was a team of three people working together to fight the alien instead yeah. of just Daniels fighting uh-huh. the alien, which was yeah. nice. Um, but... Yeah, like, I, don't know, I like where it's going, and I, um, I, in terms of like Prometheus, if I want to go more Prometheus, more Alien, mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to see the engineers as much. Like, just I think to clarify, that... sorry, just to clarify, when I say more Prometheus, I mean more set up with where David is going, with the whole angle, him shaping up to be an antagonist and mm. android playing God. Basically, oh, that's okay. what I'm boiling in. That's what I mean by more Prometheus aspects. But mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, t- I totally want to go that way. I think. Uh-huh. I think that this this new trilogy, which I'm hoping will, the third one will come out, and hoping Fox will or Disney and Fox will put that out there. Um, I I think it needs to go in that direction because I think the story is it's David's story. It's mm-hmm. like if Ripley was the main character of the first quadrilogy, then I think that uh, David's the main character of this uh, trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so I think following him is important. Yes, um, definitely. But I also think that I like I like what they did. I like that they actually didn't go to the the engineers' homeworld. Well, I'm assuming they didn't. My mm-hmm. theory is that they didn't go to the homeworld. I think that where they are is like a satellite world that the, the engineers made, and that's mm-hmm. why they looked kind of different from the engineers in the first movie. Yeah. And just um, as a side note, I was honestly mm-hmm. really disappointed with all of the architecture on this whole engineer city. Like mm-hmm. you've got Gregor still working on Covenant, right? Oh, no, he's dead. Oh, he's dead? Oh. All right, so Gregor is not working on Covenant, but the whole series is full of this horrific, amazing imagery that's moving on in, and I, I felt the city was very bland, and the well, set the, design there, was very, very bland, and they just they could have done so much more with it. There, there is some concept art out there for the uh-huh. original city that they have designed, and it is a lot more phallic and uh, Geiger-esque. Yeah, that's what um, I want. I want more penises <laughs> all over the place. I want to feel uncomfortable. But yeah, absolutely. I think, I think mm-hmm. they kind of ended up like basically saying that this isn't actually the engineers' homeworld. Okay. I think this is another satellite planet that they created that they seeded. Gotcha. And so it's another different civilization, which just kind of explained the difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the only the only like other Geiger-esque thing we see is that kind of like weird ship that comes out and meets David's ship. Yeah. And I get the impression that that was you know kind of given to them because mm-hmm. they all like praised it when it comes and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like those aren't the real engineers, and they're just kind of something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's going to be something right there. Um, yeah, hopefully they'll explore that a little bit more in the next one. Because I am invested with the David storyline and figuring out where he's going. I do a rogue, very intelligent android playing God. And the quote he does say, the devil's hands are idle playthings. That just perfectly sums up his character, in my opinion, so much. He's just so curious and he has all of this free time. So he decides to play God and create this in his mind, perfect species in the alien. And I do like that. I really, really am invested to see where he's going with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh-huh. So that's that right there. Okay, cool. 
Um, so definitely following David on that one. Definitely figuring out more of the more is going. I just I do hope the next film sticks one way or the other. And I th- yeah. I do agree with what you're saying on you don't want the next one to be a retread of the first one where it's the first third of Covenants over again retreaded. Like there were some great scenes in there. The backburster scene was great, but if it had kept that up the entire movie, definitely would have been, you know, it's like Alien, but not as good and not really original at all. Um, Our first episode, we talked about Halloween and we kind of had similar opinions on that one too, but okay. Um, Yeah, I I do. Hopefully it's more Prometheus focused. It's more focused on David playing God and figuring out what's going on there. And then, yeah, that's that. Okay, cool. Um, So were there any favorite scenes in this movie you really, really enjoyed? Um, for me, basically any scene with Walter and like, I especially think the Walter David kind of dynamic. Yes. Uh-huh. I thought it was very interesting. I thought, I think that was kind of where the movie shined. And I think mm-hmm. that's, and again, I think that's kind of what uh, Ridley Scott wanted to do. I think he was really interested in that idea of creation and the idea of artificial intelligence. Like, I think it's very prevalent in a lot of his works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of what we were supposed to get out of this movie mm-hmm. was that discussion. And especially, you know, Michael Fassbender, he absolutely killed it in this role. Oh, it my was, gosh, yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, really did steal the show. And that was just such a... It was a weird feeling for me when they did make the switch on over from Alien Slasher in the first third to David comes on in, and then he's playing a flute and waxing philosophy with his clone android, or identical-looking android, and it was just a tonal shift for me and like I liked both of them but I don't feel that they were merged as well as they could have been so Mm. mm -hmm. so tell me about that flute scene oh yeah okay Uh, because I know you really like the flute scene it's actually what you have drawn yourself in in this podcast (laughs) logo so I I just thought it was really I thought it was like a really kind of touching scene I thought it was I, I don't even know like I just thought it was very well shot I thought that the way like we've come so far in terms of the ability to have one actor playing two characters on scene, on screen mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And I just thought it was very, a kind of a, a telling time for Dave as a character. I think that just kind of emotionally as a character, he's somebody who's, you know, hasn't really found anybody he's fit in with basically killed his creator who he thought didn't care about him. Mm-hmm. And basically any person he's kind of formed a contact with has kind of rebuffed him in one way or another. Yeah. And he kind of finds somebody who he's like, all right, you're basically in the same position as me. So he tries to teach him and help him along only to find out that like, Oh, even this, even this like other copy of me still doesn't see me as correct, and he kind of realizes that he's broken. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the ending of Alien Covenant, David knows that he's bad. Mm-hmm. I think at the beginning of Alien Covenant and Prometheus, we see David as just somebody who's inquisitive, mm-hmm. and towards the end of Covenant, we see him as an actual villain, somebody who's kind of understands yeah. that he isn't right anymore, that he's not just you know following logic, that he's kind of deciding something for himself in contrast to what he sees and, like, against what he's being told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the scene at the very beginning of Covenant where he's talking to Peter Wayland about creators and who created him and who created Wayland's, and then they're talking about the lifespan, and he realizes that, oh, I'm an android. I'm going to live so much longer than my creator, and mm-hmm. then the implications that has for him in terms of outliving the person who created him. That's... Um, that's a theme I really wish they touched on a little bit more in Covenant because we had that opening scene and then we did have a lot of it in the middle right there. And I guess the very ending scene when he puts the facehugger embryos into the freezer as well. But <sighs> actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they did touch on that a lot. Once again, I retract my entire argument. <laughs> How dare you? I know. I know. Yeah, it was... Um... I mean, Michael Fassbender, once again, it just completely slays it in that role. He does a wonderful, wonderful job of that. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, what do you think of Daniel as his character, our, our main lead? That was another point I had written down. I felt... I wish they would have kept... Um, what's her name from the first one? Shaw. Shaw, I, I really, yeah. really would I, and you and I disagree on this one, I really, really did not like it where they killed off Hicks and Newts at the very beginning of Alien 3. Yes, it heightened the sense of desperation. Yes, it created this amazing sense of despair. 
But I just, I didn't feel like it was a satisfying send-off for the character. I just kind of felt cheated as the viewer. And I felt mm-hmm. the very, very same way when Elizabeth Shaw was killed off off screen in this movie as well, especially since the last one left on such a hopeful note. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying I'm don't kill off main characters. You know, it, it's a horror movie. There's going to be despair and all that. But I feel the death should be deserved or it should do something more to drive the plot. And it felt like, oh, Elizabeth Shaw's actress just didn't want to come back, so we got to find some way to get rid of her. And that's what they did. In terms of... Yeah, you ever guess something? Oh, is that, oh, Naomi Rapace um, did actually come back for a little filming. They have, um, they, have they released something before the movie came out called The okay. Crossing, mm-hmm. which kind of is a little bit of her narrating kind of their time, like kind of narrating the story of them traveling to the engineer homeworld. Okay. Basically, and they, they, they do fill a little bit of that in. They did this uh-huh. weird thing with this movie where there's a couple things that they released okay. um, that are on the DVD and they released as trailers, basically, Okay. that kind of fill in some of the in-between. Okay, so enlighten me on that real quick then, because so, this is something I'm not... So that that one is basically just, um, I think that one's called The Crossing. It's basically just um, Dr. Shaw kind of narrating how her and David made their way across uh, to the engineer planet. Mm -hmm. How David um, got his body back, how David got his groove back, that sort of thing. Yeah, like how how she helped helped him get his body back and how Uh he kind of like feels like she's very important to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, they don't tell us exactly when things go wrong, but they kind of set up this idea that there was a good relationship between them and like... Because in the movie, you kind of just hear him talk about her, and you, he kind of praises her, and you're kind of like, do, do you like her? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of more re- reaffirm that she was like the only human who he kind of viewed as had sympathy for him and cared for him. Yeah, and that is something they definitely continue with Covenant, where they visit his her gravesite, and David speaks those very kind words I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But he, I remember he does almost like a spouse has died, basically. That's that the yeah. impression I got when David was talking about Shaw. Um, but in terms of answer your original question, what did I think of Janet Daniels? Yeah. Discount Sigourney Weaver. What? <laughs> I do. I really do. Like, I don't... In terms of her character traits, in terms of how I would describe her, yeah, that's the really the best thing that comes to mind for me. Honestly. I, I kind of felt like... An... Okay, and this is going to sound like sacrilege. I, I, uh-huh. I love Ripley as a character. I think she's yeah. great. Yeah. And I think a lot of this comes from the bad taste in my mouth that's left over from Alien Resurrection. Yes. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like she very quickly becomes the badass woman with, you know, who every once in a while they'll mention, like, oh, there's Newt, and oh, there's her daughter, and there's mm-hmm. all these things. But, like, she's... I don't think she... She doesn't feel as much, like, a human to me a lot of the time. Like, I mm-hmm. think an alien, she, she very much is somebody who's kind of in the middle of something, kind of developing. Alien, she kind of picks it up a little bit. Yeah. And I think even Alien Three, I think, I think like she there's aspects of her we see, but we never really feel her as a fully fleshed out person. Okay. Um, like I, you know, because theoretically she's a scarred, terrible, like you know, a very like hurt yeah. person at the end of at the beginning of Alien Three. Mm-hmm. But she's still just Ripley to me, you know. And I kind of felt like Daniels. I felt like I saw. I felt like the pain of her loss from the beginning mm-hmm. of the film takes yeah. her the whole way. I kind of felt like she was a very believable understandable character and like the hurt that she's feeling is evident in everything she does mm-hmm. so i i actually like i kind of like her more than ripley oh like i think that they you know her movie's not as, i don't think as good but mm-hmm. i liked her as a character more okay. than ripley though okay. I, and like, but at the same time i liked ripley because ripley we didn't know that she was going to be the hero and so mm-hmm. she kind of came out she kind of final girled it popped out at the end like oh you're the hero yeah but daniels you could argue the same thing for her too right well, I think like I think we're, we know. I think, but I think also part of that is that we know the Alien franchise. We know it's going to be a strong female character. Yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be our lead. And at this point, you know, Ripley is just so iconic within the horror movie zeitgeist. So, yeah, you know, we're also she's battling against the legacy and everything she paved the way for. So, but I, I felt like her and Shaw were great additions to that to those leads. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like I feel like they're better than Lex and AVP or who the fuck was in Alien vs Predator too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, and the fact brother. that you, a uh, diehard Alien movie fan, can't even name the main character of Alien versus Requiem, so, yeah, that, uh, that speaks volumes. Um, if you know their names, I'm not going to try. Yeah, be no, gary, no. That'll make me angry if, that, if I know their names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do feel she started off very strong, gave a strong motivation with the horrific scene where the husband burns to death inside his cryosleep tube. Um... 
But after this, I just I felt like she fell into the leadership role way too quickly. Um, like she wasn't thrust into it. It was just the plot demands her to be the final girl, so she is conveniently in these situations where she is the one to survive. Well, I kind of felt like she was like Shaw a little bit, where neither of them ever became the, the leader. They just kind of, they just survived at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, like, I don't feel like they ever dictated what happens. Like I think the one person Jira tells what to do is like, is Dave or is Walter. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Talk cat just jumped up. Um, yeah, so that's okay. Um, I don't know. I, I just felt very clearly like the movie was framing her. This is our lead. This is our main character. And yeah, yeah. I, I guess you could definitely argue that, you know, she wasn't making the decision. She wasn't the driving force of the film here and there. But yeah, I don't know. I just, this film was filled with so many different homages mm-hmm. to the original Alien film. And every time I looked at Daniels, I just thought, okay, this is, she's trying to be like Sigourney Weaver, but not. And I felt it did hurt it when they did go into the second third of the movie. And that is when the movie started doing something a little bit different, the Prometheus stuff, um, the philosophical concepts of playing God and creating new life. And then you have her dragged into it. And I don't feel like she had much to contribute to that. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's part of what, why they did what they did. Like, cause in thinking about like bring back Shaw, mm-hmm. like what would Shaw really have to do in this movie? Well, like, Shaw's I, whole character arc is she wants to discover who the engineers are and why they're so hell-bent on killing all the humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, 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 I think she's super suited to explore and tackle those themes. Well, I think she is, but I think in, in this movie, like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like at this, I think this movie kind of knows that, you know, even if we like Daniels as a character, she's mm-hmm. not supposed to be our main character. Yeah. And I think that they kind of, like, getting rid of Shaw was almost kind of cueing us into that, that... Like, yeah, we should care about Daniels because she's a sympathetic character and she's, you know, pretty well written. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that they're very upfront that David is our character. Yeah. And that, like, I don't think, like, if we did make a sequel, I don't expect, like, I don't expect for Daniels to appear in it, at least not mm-hmm. in the same way. I expect mm-hmm. her to be, appear the way Elizabeth Shaw did as a corpse, basically. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, I, I, I do think her arc is finished. I don't think she should be coming on back. Um Okay, so refresh my memory. What happened to Walter at the end? I know there was that big switcheroo, but did it ever establish what exactly happened to Walter? Is he still on the planets, or so? Yeah, we, we never see what happens to Walter. Okay, um, gotcha. And there, there's a lot of theories going around. Like some, like there are some theories that um, David actually took over, somehow implanted his consciousness into Walter, mm-hmm. um, which would explain the hand thing and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then. Like I think that it's pretty much just Walter. I think that, and I think that it's basically just David. I think Walter's still back on the other planet, either dead or, you know, maybe healing from his last wound. Mm-hmm. Because we we never see David heal from that wound he got in his face yeah. from the fight. And if he's Walter, he would have already healed from it by now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm assuming that he is just David. Yeah, I would like him to come back because oh, the, I, I completely agree. The two characters going back and forth on that one, I think that is. That was the highlight of the film for me. These two androids, both of them very different philosophical concepts of still learning, still teaching. I mean, jokes aside about that flute saying, I do agree with you. I think that was a very powerful saying. I do think that was a really well-developed character saying. And once again, the fact that it was Michael Fassbender and he just absolutely knocked it out of the park. I really wanted them to focus on that sort of relationship. Well, and, and for that, me, like, I feel like if they were to make a sequel, that's what the sequel should be. Yeah, because I agree. I think they. I think they've. They. I think it was a good idea what they did this time. I think having you know introducing another crew, mm-hmm. showing this other crew, and having them be like an expendable crew and kind of almost retreading Prometheus with this new aspect. It's almost kind of like that you know the eternal return idea, where you're yeah. coming back to the same thing, and it's and every time it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So the first time they go and they find out the mystery, and it turns out that then there's the engineer who's messing everything up. This mm-hmm. time they go and they find out the mystery, and then it turns out it's David who kind mm-hmm. of like changed from the first part. Yeah. So now this time around, I think it should. I think this movie should start off with Walter waking up. Mm-hmm. Like Walter gets up, like you know that that's like the opening scene should be him like sitting up, basically mm-hmm. like in that in that land, and then kind of seeing the ship leave, and then she should, and then the story should be him chasing David, basically. Oh, I like that because like I that like way, that idea. and also you know Ridley Scott loves his alien, so loves his robot, so there, there would be no human cast. Like maybe you know, and they, and they basically established that Walter's in love with Daniels, so it could be mm-hmm. his his goal could be to save Daniels or to yeah. save the humanity that Daniels protect that Dan, Daniels symbolizes to him. 
I don't think Ridley Scott would ever do an all-robot cast because they're going to need some humans to kill off to up that body count right there. But well, they, yeah, they can, can, they can have the colonists. He can go there, and the colonists can be being taken off and you know unfrozen, mm-hmm. and he can pop out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or he could, or maybe you know, or maybe he could you know pull a David and get another group to come pick him up. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, definitely. Okay, interesting. Uh, um. Yeah, okay, so do you feel that the original concept of them going to the engineer home world, do you think that's somewhere still in the works? Do you think that's something you could do, they they could move to, or do you feel like the next film should be set on another planet? Because, um, let's see, they're going to a Rigai 6 or whatever that place is? Uh, uh, yes. Is, is, I think, where he's heading, he's heading to that planet. Yes. I would rather see that and maybe have the engineers mentioned or have the engineers kind of have some influence on it but i don't want to go to the engineer homeworld i don't want the engineers to be a big character okay because i think it's i think having that be more of a mystery i think that's the mystery that should stay i think knowing what they are i think was a great reveal mm-hmm. but i think kind of like the predators where seeing their home be interesting but there wouldn't be a lot to do with it yeah and like especially with humans there like i, w- I wouldn't want to go like, I don't think Alien's meant to be, like, it's it's a high-concept sci-fi in terms of what they're presenting now, but I don't mm-hmm. want to see a, a alien society. Yeah. Where, like, that's they get what into we're, the building towards. chat system and everything like that, and going into, there's some aliens with, you know, socioeconomic status, and they work on welfare, <laughs> and there are some, you know, the barren aliens who wear top hats and monocles and going back and forth there. No, um, okay, so my question to you, then, do you think the question that should be answered, why are the engineers hellbent on hating humans do you think that should be answered um i think they could nudge us towards it a little bit more mm-hmm. but i don't think they have to explicitly say okay. i think it would be cool for them to drop more hints in the later movies mm-hmm. and kind of have us figure it out because like you know mm-hmm. they, they there's there's already theories of why they did that like some people think that um based on something like religious iconography they had and stuff that they think that uh jesus like the, the jesus character um, was an engineer because they talk about like how they sent something down there. Mm-hmm. So th- there's some people think that uh, that the theory behind it is that Jesus, like historically, was an engineer that was down that was that they sent down to Earth to kind of you know hey or you know our people have developed into thinking beings let's send something down there like an emissary to go talk to him. I can see it where they downplayed that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh-huh. like, well, not 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 actually Jesus, but you know like, the idea that like they sent him down there basically and then he gets murdered as right? uh-huh. like, an alien. So then they're like, well, fuck your race, we're gonna destroy you. Like you're a failed yeah. experiment. Like it's you, know, you we, judge a race based on how they treat their lowest member, that sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. And like, uh-huh. so they saw that they sent somebody, you know, they sent an engineer or someone down to go check on things, and just they, you know, crucified mm-hmm. him. And so they're like, "All right, well, you're a failed experiment. Let's kill you." <laughs> was like was kind of a, one of the thoughts, and like I, I think that could be interesting. Yeah. Like I mean, and they and like I think that they should they should let the G like not imply that he is Jesus, but the Jesus mythology came out of him. Uh-huh. Like came out of that story. He's some sort of messiah figure. Yeah, basically, yeah, uh-huh. someone came down and, like, you know, tried to communicate with the people and was murdered for it. Uh-huh. Like, and, and that, that, that's an interesting theory. I also just like to think that, like, I don't know, it, it's weird that they were already programmed to kill us. I would, I would like the idea that they maybe kind of, like, I don't know, 2001 Space Odyssey saw that we were reaching sentience, saw that we were exploring the stars, and we're like, well, that's kind of a risk, so let's kill it. Yeah. So it's basically a great filter, is what you're saying, where in terms of that is where the cutoff point is, and species either survive beyond that, or they're stopped by some unstoppable means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I do like that um, aspect right there, but I do feel that it was just, it was so laid on so strongly in Prometheus, and completely thrust by the wayside in Alien Covenants, that I don't know, I'm still curious about it. I really Mm -hmm. am. And yeah, the theories are good and everything like that, and I would love to have some sort of heavily heavily implied answer for all of that but you know shaw's dead that was her whole driving motivation at the end of prometheus and covenant didn't really touch on that at all he just touched on david exploring it mm-hmm. uh-huh all right well, so I, I, i'm curious for you what do you think of the alien in this movie in terms of design in terms of how it was included in the plot in terms of uh both i guess yeah like how okay. it was included and like as i'll have a follow-up question once you don't once you're not answering okay that. Um, I felt, um, there were some points I definitely felt it was shoehorned. It it goes back to the whole, what is this movie trying to be? 
I felt it fit very well into the first third. Um, with Backburster, I thought that was a nice twist on the formula right there with the guts and everything falling to the floor and once again everyone slipping on the blood. Um, the uh, teenage alien going through the grass, the, the knee-high grass, I thought that was just such a terrifying feeling. But later on, it feels very out of place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like the angle they're going with Davil in terms of he's trying to create new life and moving back and forth on that. And I do like the whole David feels they're an experiment and he cares for them and he doesn't want, um, what's his name? He doesn't want uh, Chris, uh, Betty Crudup's character, to shoot the white alien. Um, and by the way, that design was terrifying. I loved that design. Yeah, do the Neomorph. Uh, so cool. Yeah, God, and then just opens up his mouth and just comes out of nowhere. God, so good. Mm. Um but again, I just felt that a lot of it was a tonally, it was a clash. It was a shift. And oh. that was my biggest problem with the very last sequence, starting from the couple dying in the shower to the airlock sequence as well. It had, you know, completely shift tone from the middle of the movie to the end of the movie. But go ahead. What's your follow-up question? Well, I guess my question, like, it's like the protomorph that alien we see at the end. Yes. Like... What they did, did you feel like you knew where it came from and kind of how it got there? We're like, talking about the airlock sequence at the very end. Well, I mean, in in terms of um, in terms of David's engineering, in terms of the alien we see, in terms of Prometheus, uh-huh. do you? I feel like a lot of the complaints that come across with this series are like like when I first came out of the movie, I heard that people were complaining that David quote unquote created alien, uh-huh. and that uh, they didn't really see where the alien was coming from, like where they got this design from. Oh, yeah, no. Do you felt like you got it, or do you felt like it was explained? I felt like David had been tinkering with species development, for lack of a better term, for so many years at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was was on that planet for years. Oh, absolutely. I will absolutely believe, you know, whatever experiments he came up to and whatever experiments he played around with on that planet, he could have definitely feasibly created dozens of miscellaneous alien species I, well, I don't need that spelled out for me i can read in between the lines well and that's what i thought was interesting because i thought at the end of prometheus you, at the end of prometheus you see the deacon get born that like yeah. the, the closest thing we get to an alien in that film mm-hmm. and i thought it set up this interesting idea that like the black goo um kind of was this self-replicating thing that would just consistently like go through different variations and evolutions based on the different species it hopped into and so yeah, at the end of prometheus I like, I, mm-hmm. like i assumed that okay what we're seeing is kind of like what we call, like, you know, now we call it, we have a protomorph, which is the mm-hmm. one in Covenant, but yeah. kind of some proto-alien that the more DNA it's going to mix with, the more things it's going to face-hug and reproduce, face-hug and reproduce, it's going to eventually get close to what we have. Mm-hmm. And then that original alien we have is just, you know, one step along the cycle of its continued evolution. So it's yeah. going to continue to look different as things um, go on. So it's been a long time since I saw Alien 3, but wasn't there a dog alien in that one? There was. Um, well, the original okay. thing it's supposed to come out of, like, a boar, but yeah, it's just a four-legged uh-huh. alien. But yeah, even between so. Alien and Aliens, Aliens look different. An Alien, yeah. Alien has a smooth dome. and Aliens, it has kind of a rippled dome. Mm-hmm. In Alien Resurrection, they have a really big chin. Like, they're consistently yeah. changing. Mm-hmm. And I, think, I think that's cool. Yeah, I like that, too. Because, I mean, that it, it, metamorphosis was a huge part of the very first Alien film. First, it starts with the face auger, then it goes into the vents, and then it comes out as big, bad, mommy alien. So... Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like, and I feel like Alien Covenant kind of continues that idea. And I think a lot of people were angry that, uh, like, I don't know, w- would you be angry at the idea that David created the alien? No, not at all. I, I think that was actually very much heavily implied in the movie. He was tinkering well, around so much that that's what happened. Well, and I think what they imply too is that he, like, he finds facehuggers before. Like people thought like, oh, he created the facehugger. Yeah. But they imply that they imply the eggs were already there, that he found them and they were dormant. Mm-hmm. And then he manipulated them and plays with them, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Like I think yeah. you know he's playing around yeah. it. So like, I think that yeah, I, agree. I think that he he has influence over this alien, mm-hmm. but I don't think it ruins the alien. Like you know, the aliens are always kind of biomechanical. That's what Geiger said his art was, was biomechanical yeah. art. And, and don't thought, forget the phallic imagery. You can't yeah, forget the phallic, that phallic imagery. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think that a synthetic human, like a robot human, giving birth to a mechanical organic alien makes the most sense mm-hmm. like like the idea that he would try to you know incorporate elements of himself almost into it yeah and perhaps and like and even this alien the alien we see the protomorph we see at the end of the film isn't as mechanical looking it doesn't have like the kind of tubes in it the way we see in the later alien mm-hmm. which makes you wonder if in the future like you know do the alien species like does he 
he's going to obviously play with them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So we're not quite to the alien we know yet. But oh. every everybody got really pissed off when the movie first came out, saying that like alien, you know David created the alien, and that as a result it ruins the franchise. And I was just curious your thoughts on that. No, I, I mean, I could understand in terms of people, the purists who you know Alien and Aliens and maybe Alien Three. I could understand once again we go back to the who is the man behind the curtain? Oh, we reveal it. Maybe the answer isn't quite what we expected and what we hyped up in our heads isn't as great. But in terms of that particular instance, um, I just, I really liked David's playing God angle so much and how he did turn into the antagonist in this film. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious to see where the character development goes. Yeah. I'm absolutely okay with that. I like it. Um, I feel it fits the character's motivations very well. And it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting concept, Android creating life, something that was artificial created in itself. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's too bad of a retcon. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's, I, I love the idea of, like, the evolution of the alien. I love that it, the idea that it has this um, very, like, basic origins of just something that keeps, the, of this fluid that consistently like destroys and re-put and puts back together DNA. Like I think it makes it's such an interesting idea. And I think it, like the idea that there's just a little bit of that left in its DNA and like what it is that it keeps happening as it gestates another species. Yeah, I think that it it, it provides a great explanation for that. And mm-hmm. I think it creates very interesting possibilities for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of like I said in the very first Alien movie, you know, the facehuggers evolves into the other thing, and they've already established that it's a species that can change and evolve very, very quickly. So there's a whole bunch of horrific imagery and a whole bunch of horrific monster design in the future that they could easily shoe right in. So mm-hmm. I like it. And uh-huh. so, actually, and on that kind of idea of the alien, what did you think of the uh, the burster scene we got in this? Not the back burster, but the, the actual chest burster we got. Uh, that was, so remind me, who was that again? That with, was... That, with Orm? Okay, Orm. Which one was uh, that? Uh, Chris Orm. Oh, uh, the, oh pretty crap, yeah. <laughs> we gotta go back to that one right there. Alright, so then that right there, uh, okay, so refresh my memory, so he is looking at the egg mm-hmm. in the very last third of the movie, latches onto him, and then it bursts on through. Oh, that's right, and then David, like, kind of orchestrates it, and it's, it implies that David has some ability to control it, right? Well, either that or, or it's just like a child and it's just mimicking him. Okay, gotcha. Um, I mean, I feel it fits with David's character. David is very curious. David is very respectful of what he views to be his creation. And, yeah, it, it just seems like David is very curious of analyzing it and figuring out what's going on there. So he has respect for it, which mm. I feel fits his character very well. But Where the, are you going with that question? Well, I, I, again, like another complaint I hear a lot was the, the fully formed alien coming out. Oh, okay. Like, what were your thoughts um, on that? Yeah. I haven't thought about that. That was something I did not think about. So, it was like a tiny little alien. Yeah, it was It was, it was a fully formed alien. He was just wee. He was just little, little tiny. Like, at the end yeah. of Spaceballs, where the alien dances across the corner and goes, Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. That sort of thing. Well, like that, except like that—that that was still that was still a chestburster with arms and legs. Uh huh. But this was actually like a full alien, just okay. he was translucent, but he was like a full alien, just tiny. Okay. Um. Yeah, going along for um, alien can change, and once again, those eggs were down there. I'm sure David was manipulated them. It could be that there was a control group of alien. It could be that he was being scientific and modified the eggs another way, and that one maybe have developed earlier. I could buy it. I could buy that. You know, there was a little fully formed on that and honestly i feel something that nepicky isn't worth getting frustrated over isn't getting worth you know people are going to cry plot hole plot hole on that one now it's david has established that he can manipulate david has established that he can change and not only that we have established as a series that aliens can mimic and change very very rapidly so mm-hmm. no that doesn't bother me what I also felt like all people also complain about the gestation time that it takes like you know maybe an hour for it to come out of him while uh, with Kane in the first movie it took like a few days yeah but I feel like that I don't know my explanation for that was always like it's closer to the source it's closer to the to the black goo like it's mm-hmm. earlier on in that evolution that the 
the properties of that stuff of changing and it's just happening quicker because it's closer to the source of it while an alien would probably see a much more diluted sense of that so it takes longer mm -hmm. yeah and it could be you know the alien maybe that black dude was sitting there and it lost its potency or something like that yeah uh-huh or you know okay. just it's just like it got lost in the dna over the generations of reproducing and overnight you know like it just mutation occurred mm -hmm. yeah definitely all right yeah i could buy that definitely um the one thing i just i don't want is another film where it's just alien again but worse you know it's the same thing it's a group of people on the ship and they go and they get picked off one by one mm. and there's really nothing to add to the story yeah and that's the same i i do think covenant added a lot into it i just felt they needed to merge those two halves of the movie they were trying to go for better well, I feel like a, huh. I feel like what Prometheus and Alien did is they they shifted the they shifted the story away from the monster and more into body horror. Uh -huh. I think it, it took it took a space alien kind of franchise and yep. pushed it into body horror, mm -hmm. which I kind of like like a, a body horror in the sense that the, but the body horror also takes a back seat to the story. Yeah, like I feel like they're like all right, well we need some some scary stuff. Mm -hmm. So the scary stuff's not gonna be the monster; it's gonna be the body horror that kind of comes along with it, like Shaw's body that's all messed up and like. The way oh, that yeah, Backbrister comes out. Alien abortion scene and, oh, God. Yeah, yeah like, I feel like one. that's all kind of where the direction's going because they realize that at this point, again, like the, the, the alien creature itself, just have a bunch of aliens, it's not going to be scary. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of, you know, they're developing the alien a little bit and using that to mm -hmm. explore it, but also just more exploring characters for these movies. Yeah, and not only that, exploring different themes as well. The themes of, uh, you know, once again, the creator is coming back and what does it mean to create? What's, how much power do you have over your creations? what is free will that sort of thing so they're they're touching a lot on some deeper issues that horror doesn't usually explore and i don't feel this movie pulled it off a hundred percent but i respect the attempt it made mm -hmm. and i am curious to see what the next film is going to do with it i, I feel like that sums up my feelings best on this one well, and I feel like too, like I feel like if this third movie comes out, and if this third movie does follow Walter and David, mm -hmm. I think this movie will be viewed a lot better as a stepping stone to that third yeah. climax. Mm -hmm. But I think right now, because again, like, there's not really anywhere it's going, you're kind of like, all right. Like I feel like a lot of people thought better of Prometheus once they saw this movie, and I think a yeah. lot of them. And it's like, okay, well, part of it is it's not it's Prometheus is no longer open ended. Prometheus has an ending now, mm -hmm. so yeah, it, it, that people who are bothered by that openness of the end of prometheus are sated yeah now this we had no idea there was going to be a sequel to prometheus and some people were just like well you know the backlash was so strong and the movie didn't do too well if i remember correctly so people were saying all right well that's it for the alien franchise that's all we got so well, i think it made its money i think it just uh, let me uh let me look that up real quick box Could, office uh, was 403.4 million i'm not sure what it's uh uh Prometheus was considered a financial success overall. Yeah. But it failed to meet the studio's expectations. Okay, so it looks like slightly better than they suggested, but it obviously wasn't a runaway hit. So, mm. yeah. All right. Actually, so, go ahead. Oh, sorry, one more thing I wanted to ask about is what do you think of the ending with uh, the reveal of David and Walter? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was a great great way to end the movie it was a great hope of despair when um daniels was pounding on the door reve realizing that oh shit it's david right before she gets frozen in cryo sleep yeah that was great david regurgitating the embryos up that was so unsettling uh yeah no definitely i i, I like it in horror movies when the bad guy wins and it felt like everything was tied up with a loose bow and they had the whole airlock sequence at the end. It was like, okay, so that's the ending. That's the real ending right there. And then, bam, throw a twist at the end right there. Suits David characters completely, sets up the next movie. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I did, thought it was a great twist. Did you know it was coming? I did not know it was coming. Really? And I'm very, very pleasantly surprised that it was. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's a, I'm surprised. I, I don't know. I, I knew it right when it started happening. Like as soon as he got, as soon as he appeared at the end, I knew it was going to be him. Uh -huh. And yeah. um, even uh, in kind of interviews with Ridley Scott, like I think a lot of people complained about the fact that it was so obvious. But Ridley Scott was like, "It's not supposed to be a secret. You're supposed to know it's David, but you're uh -huh. supposed to hope that it's not. You're supposed to hope that throughout the entire time when when he's when he's you know when he's watching them get chased by the alien, you're, you're waiting for the betrayal. You're waiting for something to happen. 
Yeah. So that, that's and kind of like his his goal is to kind of make it like you're supposed to. It's kind of like you know the the Hitchcock with the bomb underneath the two people sitting at a table thing, where it's like mm-hmm. you know something's going to happen. You're just waiting for that other foot to drop. You're waiting for him to to reveal it to I like somebody. That reference. I like that. Uh, yeah. No. I mean. I was pleasantly surprised. I don't know. I guess I thought that it was very much following in the footsteps of Alien, where Alien was moving on over, and, you know, the the big twist at the end was that the Alien wasn't dead. So I guess I was not expecting the second twist in there. Although, now thinking back, there was that lingering shot when Walter and David were wrestling down on the planet, and there was that lingering shot of the scissors, and they never do anything with that. And looking back now, I'm sure that was an inclusion that someone in the studio said, hey, the twist isn't obvious enough. Let's put that in there. So, once again, I've only seen it once. You've seen it five times at this point. So I'd be interested to go back and see how that all works out. I think you should. Because did, did you notice Shaw later on? Did you see her? Uh, the body? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Dissected? Yeah, I saw that. Okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Good, good. Because mm-hmm. there, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, some of the fan theories going around are that, uh, David was trying to make a queen using her, that, like, basically he needed her eggs to make Ooh. the eggs that we see later. Uh-huh. And that with Daniels now, Daniel might, Daniels mm-hmm. might become our first queen in the next movie. Ooh. Ooh. Or the, Ooh. the generator for our next queen, which would be... And got some good really cool. body horror in that one. Dude, right? Oh, God, yeah. Uh-huh. Get Cronenberg up in there. Oh, yeah. Well, did oh, you know... God. Was it No, it was David Fincher who did Alien 3, never mind. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, Cool. Um, so I think we can both agree, Alien Covenant, much better than Resurrection. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. All right, cool. Any closing thoughts? Um, I don't know. Uh, hmm. Would you see the new Predator movie? <laughs> Not after the reviews it's getting. Come on. Uh, okay, so maybe we'll talk about that next time, or we'll talk about that over the chat right there. But yeah. That's that right there. Okay. Would you see a third Alien versus Predator movie? Yes. Immediately. <laughs> I'm not, but if it was a 3% of... Okay, what would... Better question. What would it take you to not see a new Alien vs. Predators movie? All right, let, let me tell you this. Let, let me, let me okay. give you a great a great uh, story here. So I saw the midnight premiere of Predator. Uh-huh. And I was really excited for it. I okay. came out of that movie seething. Like, more angry than I've ever been in my life. I've never seen the Predator. It's so bad. Uh-huh. But... I told myself, Andrew, you're not going to buy this movie. You're not going to see this movie again. This movie's terrible. But the movie did just come out in Voodoo, and I did immediately buy a digital copy so I could watch it again to see if it's okay. Okay. Um, so, Andrew, why don't you have a seat down? This is an intervention. Your friends are all here. You have a problem with Predator movies. Um, we're all here for you. We need to help you. The very first step is admitting you have a problem. Um, I am driving up to Boston, and I am... Going to watch The Predator? Yes, and I'm going to sit there and take notes about why this is a problem for you and how you need to stop. Okay. Well, actually, actually, wait. Well, one backtrack quickly, and maybe we can put this in later. But one, so one, actually, one of the things I want to ask you about is that. Um, so, like, I feel like with movies lately, there's been this kind of like accepted. I feel like I don't know, like in, in terms of like movie culture and the culture we have in terms of like what we think is a good movie, what we think is good media. I feel like there's this push lately where like there's some kind of shared consciousness, some shared idea. Uh-huh. of what is good and what is bad and there's like movies get reputations for being bad or terrible before people even see them yeah and i think part of what like with the alien covenant and with prometheus when those movies came out they they had such like an this this like i don't know cultural hatred almost mm-hmm. like this kind of accepted cultural norm that yeah those are bad movies and we don't like them yeah and i always kind of felt that that's like an interesting situation i think that the, they happen with these movies in particular they happen with movies that like where we have, I don't know, like a, some sort of ownership or some kind of claim over as some part of our nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But I, I always kind of wonder, like, why movies like like Alien, like Prometheus and Alien Covenant, there's a lot of, these movies are bad and people don't see them. Then there's movies like, um, I don't know, like the Ghostbusters remake and stuff, where, you know, there's there's obviously a, a crowd that hates them and there's a crowd that fights, against, fights for them. But uh-huh. there's not just like a, I don't know, I don't feel like there's the same sense of just dismissal. Like, mm-hmm. kind of like you know, Batman Superman, Batman vs. Superman. There's also this kind of this dismissal that, like, well, it's a bad movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can talk sociologically about this and in terms of most of my movie discussions and most of where I go to figure out what movies I should see and what movies I shouldn't see or what movies I should be interested in just to expose myself to everything is 
online message boards. You know, I go to the subreddit, I go in the Facebook, and there are so many ways to get yourself locked in that echo chamber. You know, if you are a huge fan of the Marvel movies and you are hearing about the new Justice League and how it's so terrible, you know, the only opinions you are going to see if you stick to those little bubbles on the internet are the same opinions regurgitated over and over and over again. And people who speak out against the popular hive mind are downvoted or completely just removed from the discussion. So, yeah. And that makes me think, too, you know, okay, so how much of it is that and how much of it is pers people have a personal connection towards these films or a personal connection towards these opinions, and if someone disagrees with it, well, they're personally attacking you. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's one thing that the Internet, and especially social media, has been really, really, really bad at is you can disagree with someone, but... You know, it's fine. It's fine. So, I don't know. And I, I just feel like, like, feel like with like movies lately, there's just been this, this, I don't know. This, it's almost like prescriptive as opposed to descriptive. People say like, "Oh, this is a bad movie," mm -hmm. but there's never any follow up on that. I like that. I like the way you phrase that. Prescriptive to descriptive. I like that. That's a good one right there. Like, and then people are just again regurgitating the same opinions they have over and over and over again. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. You were talking about um, that one friend of yours who was just, uh, their opinions on movies were the exact same popular opinion everyone had. You could look on the subreddit, the discussion for whatever movie it was, and whatever that first top post was that was upvoted all the way to the top, that would be their opinion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Be individual, guys. Be unique. Yeah. I, 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 uh -huh. like it's, it's like a, I think it's, in terms of our movie industry, it's kind of just a very interesting... Um... I don't know, an interesting way that we're going in terms of like like what we consume and the way we consume it and like what mm. can be criticized and what can't be criticized. Like I feel like there's a there's South Park lately it was kind of making comments on like mm -hmm. how it's kinda of weird to say that you don't like Black Panther and you can basically yeah. like there's that fear of saying you don't like Black Panther and being called racist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's kinda <laughs> That's of, all of the can of words right there. And like but Yeah, I I don't feel like that's quite limited to movies though. I could see that happening with T V shows. I can feel that happening with video games. I I could definitely see that happening with video games. Oh yeah. And then I could see that happening with like political opinions as well and events even that are going on in the world yeah i don't think that's just a movie problem i think that's a myriad of other things as well but, oh yeah uh -huh. well i feel like it's just it's just interesting like i feel like growing up when we didn't have as much media we didn't have as much like mm -hmm. uh access to reviews and access to channels like that i feel like people were a lot more willing just to kind of try it and see what they think yeah it's interesting yeah definitely all right cool all righty mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much, Andrew. Yeah, thank you. Always a pleasure to talk movies with you. Yeah. Um, once again, this has been Primitive Screwheads Talk About Horror Movies. I do want to give a special shout-out to Teddy's Atlas uh, for our intro song, um, Horror Movie Story. It's off their album, Children of the Corn. They're a Canadian punk rock band from Ontario, I believe, and they've been so gracious to let us use their intro for their movie. So please go out, buy their album, listen to it on Spotify and on Google Play Music or just their YouTube as well. They're a pretty chill bunch. All right. Thank you so much for listening, Andrew. Yeah. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I mean, Andrew. Shit. <laughs> All right. Later. All right, later. <laughs>